Grand Prix week and I'm um, catching up with the voice of the South Island for harness racing, Matty Cross. Firstly, Matty, welcome. Thanks for having me. Never been on Campbell Comments before. It's a pleasure. You haven't. Uh, I'm not sure how that works too. I've run into you a few times. We were at Bobby Butcher. Help out here in the morning, which, you know, I, I think personally it's, it's great. I, I gather it probably keeps you occupied, but um, you also get an understanding, I suppose, of some of the horses. Yeah, I think so. Um, keeps me busy too. Keeps me active. Whereas most of our work's kind of, you know, Friday through Sunday with the with a bit of prep in between. So, yeah, I think everyone needs something to, to get out of bed for. And there's never any races at seven o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, it's cool to get out here. And normally for me, you kind of work by yourself. So, mm. sort of being around people is good too. Yeah, I'm working here on the, at Woodend Beach, and I just spoke to Bobby about it. Brilliant place, and I think socially as much as, you know, so good for the horses, but also so good for the people because there's so many people work here, but down the beach you get to see different people. You're not coming to one place working with the same staff day in, day out. Um, you, you get to mingle with so many different people. And I would imagine you probably find out a lot of stories um, out here about the industry that, um, you know, other people don't get access to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't get all, all of the inside word on the horses like some people think that I do. Um, you know, it's, it, yeah, as I say, the, the community, I guess, out here is, yeah. is the best part, isn't it? And then you throw in being able to, to go down the beach and, and freshen up the horses. You know, it's cool, Bob and I down working one, you'll see Muscle Mountain come flying past or back in the day, Sunday Sun, and you always keep a close eye on, on how they're going. So, you know, it's, it's a bloody cool place. Where'd your love of harness racing come from? Well, my grandparents in Kaipoi, just down the road, worked for Brent Lilly, who you'll be familiar with yeah. over in Victoria. And... I used to go out to Lil's place when I was a little young buck with Pies, Pies Kelly, who um, is Lil's right-hand man now, and then it all kind of just grew from there. And always had a passion for sitting behind the horses, but more so a passion for for, for com commentary. You know, I'd be perched up watching what Rio Murtha was doing rather than watching the races. So, yes, yeah, I'm a local local boy, and yeah, not many people probably know from where you are that I kind of kicked it off with with Brent Lilly and. Yeah, follow follow him closely now and, and see how he's going and hopefully Queen Elida can do the job for him. Good Australian man, Brent Lilly, that's for sure, so don't worry about that. He's up there with Farlap and a few others. I, I enjoy going fishing, don't worry about that. Oh, Queen Elida, of course, the Australian trotter too. I forgot about her as well. Um, there is uh, plenty, plenty going on. Um, the depth, go back to um, New Zealand Cup week. Um, the, the depth here in New Zealand, um, you know, I was here 12 months ago. It was 12 months ago for this carnival and there was a lot of negativity around, unfortunately, state cuts and things like that. A um, lot more positivity, if you like, in the racing uh, world and rightfully so. But I think with that, the depth of horses all of a sudden, when people can see the livestock that's on the track, these racehorses, these equine athletes, it's just brilliant. You're, you must be, one, blessed, but must really love it as well, the position you're in to be able to call these horses, especially on the biggest day like Addington Cup Day. Well, it was great having Swayze over. I think it's good for the industry as a whole and, and good for the New Zealand Cup, the fact that Swayze has been able to come over and, and Jason and, and Cam and the ownership group took the punt with him and now hopefully some other Australians will look at it and think, well, it is possible to come over. We've seen not as promised with the Dwyers coming over for the derby on, on Sunday. So we're just starting to get that bit of Australian interest, whereas it was probably a block of, you know, 10 or 12 years where we had nothing. Back in the day, you know, Flashing Red obviously come over and was trained by Tim. The McCarthy's brought some over. Um, sushi Sushi smoking up and those sort of horses. Carlo Mick as well was another one. Then we just had a bit of a break. So now hopefully we can get that momentum up with these two Australians coming over and, and get everybody back. And it's a great carnival, as you know. And there's no better race, I don't think, in Australasia than the, the New Zealand Cup or well, the IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup. And yeah, hopefully Swayze can come back next year with a couple of mates. 
How many um, how many cups have you caught? I think there was five. Yeah. yeah, so I'm planning on getting to 45 years old, so 20 cups. And once I've done 20 cups, I'll pull pin. Oh, don't say that, just in case you never know no, what might happen. I'm, I'm pretty I'm 100% firm on that, and I've said that right along to many people that I would hate to continue doing it when I'm 60, come to the end of it, and then not have the opportunity to kind of explore other avenues and go and do something else. So I reckon if I can get 20 cups under my belt, that would be satisfying, and then branch off and do something else and give someone else a go. That's a, that is, uh, well, you never know, you might end up in Australia, um, become an Australian then, so it's, it's, all, it's all good. You, you claim, you'll claim anything by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we um, have to. Um, the highlights, like for Cup Day, like how, how far out do you prepare for that meeting? Because, I mean, you, know, you, you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning over here, it's, it's a bit surreal for a harness per lover like myself in Australia, you get nothing. You, you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and it is all people talk about. I would imagine you don't start prep on Monday. Um, how far out do you start prepping for, for that sort of a meeting? Well, I guess it starts heating up kind of end of August, start of September, and that's when you want to start getting things right and start knowing what's going on, seeing which horses are going where and how horses are going. I enjoy following the progression of the horses and those sort of races are the, the peak, aren't they, come cup day. So you get horses that are kind of building through their preparation, getting to that final day. And you sort of got to be ready for anything. I think I was probably lucky in the cup week just gone where there wasn't a whole lot of surprise. Like there was a lot of the races were won by horses that we thought would win. So you kind of prepared for that. If there was some other horses who won, I probably wouldn't have been prepared for it. In some ways you can't prepare for it because you don't know what's going to happen. I think for me, I've said it to a few people, the preparation for me is so that I go to the races feeling like I'm ready to go. If I didn't do preparation, I'd go to the races and you sort of have that feeling of like, okay, well, I'm not kind of ready to do this. So as much as it doesn't matter about a commentator as such doing form, I'll just do the form so that I feel ready, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it was a cool cup this year too because... Um, there was a few horses got golden tickets. Mostyle Ben, American Me. Uh, although I don't think American Me actually got a, a, a golden ticket, but their form continued to grow. Like Mostyle Ben was the first horse in, and his form continued. Then when he runs, we well, end up running sixth, I think, but he was fifth across across the the, um, the line. It's not a surprise for you as a, as a race caller, either. Like it must have been sort of a good good year in, in in itself that year. Yeah, for sure. I remember when Mostyle Ben won, and I had a bit of surprise in my voice when he won the the Morris Holmes Vars. I think a lot of people were, were surprised and uh, I remember seeing Greg down the beach and he just gave me a wee wink just to let me know that uh, he thought he was ready to rock and roll that day. So that's cool. And come the cup, you know, those sort of wins sometimes we'll look at it and go, oh, are they really a genuine cup contender? But then you think of how American me and Mostel Ben come out and run. They left a lot of other <laughs> horses that were rated a whole lot higher in the, the rankings. They left them for dead. Yeah. So, yeah, you never know. You never know, it comes down to trips, comes down to the driver being on, the horse feeling well, the trainer having it ready, things going to plan. There's so many variables. No, there, there, there is indeed. Right, Grand Prix week. Uh, it is Grand Prix week. It is only a one day of racing. Uh, used to be the old jewels in a way, re-time-slotted, re-jigged um, a little bit. It's a brilliant carnival. Um, a lot of the Aussies don't realise the depth in horses and, and the quality of horses that are still lining up in this race this weekend. And you consider... Our, our season as well, how it's changed and the weather. Horses are kind of still they're still heading towards their peak, aren't they? Yeah. So, look, a lot's changed. If you had of 
shown me the fields for Sunday two months ago and showed me the markets, there'd be a few of them, you'd look and think, OK, how's that going to happen? But um, it's a shame the two-year-old boys have dropped away a wee bit, the paces, but I understand they've had quite a, a long season and they've got some big targets for next year. I think the two-year-old trotters is one thing that has benefited from the change of season. Consider that we almost had emergencies for the two-year-old fillies trot. Two-year-old boys maybe not as strong in terms of the numbers, but um, I think that you spoke before about the negativity around. I think people are kind of adjusting a wee bit more to the change of dates and how it's all kind of working out. And, and you're right, there's a little bit more positivity around and, and people are feeling a bit more prosperous around around what they can achieve. Oh, absolutely. And, and you said there before about the two-year-olds and the two-year-old trotters. It, it's quite interesting that the, the boys in both divisions are probably... I won't say the worst of the two uh, the two divisions, but they're just not the intrigue, if you like. Um, there might be a better horse in both those divisions than the fillies, but the fillies just offer so much intrigue. It's amazing that the, the fillies and the evolution of the fillies, we say that before about Queen Alita, there's so many good fillies we're talking about now, and I think it's one of the great things that has happened with this change of season, that the fillies seem to be, I don't know if they're better or stronger, but it just works better better for them. I think so. And even with our female trotters, like the, there's been a lot of kind of maybe just below intermediate trotters, female trotters, that have been able to kind of work their way up and down the ratings, but they've won 100, 200,000 over the space of four or five years. Whereas 10 or 20 years ago, if you had a, a female trotter or in some ways a female pacer, you know, you'd have your one dominant horse like a mainland banner or something, then it would just fall away and there was nothing available. But nowadays, it's probably turned a little bit more the other way, whereas now the, the females are getting more of an opportunity. The three-year-old trotters, for example, I, I don't know exactly if you added up all of the stakes, but I would say the three-year-old trotting fillies would near have more to race for than the three-year-old trotting boys. So, yeah, it, it's always working through that balance and, and trying to get it right. You'll never get it right, but yeah, I, I think that at the moment we have got people who are proactive and trying to, trying to get it right for everyone. We'll leave the filly alone, the three-year-old filly, but the three-year-olds... Uh, in herself are so even. There is one exception, of course, here with the Phillies, and we'll touch on her in a sec. But especially in the Derby field, um, you know, Merlin was so good last week. Does he stay the 2,600? Does he not? Um, but Johnny Dunn up there, I think he's got four horses in it. Each one of those horses, you know, a, a terrific horse. It's this, there's so much evenness, if, if you like, in the paces going across and in the trotting, the trotting division as well. The three-year-olds this year are level, even. Um, there's so much intrigue with them. For sure, and the barrier draws make it a whole lot more interesting as well. With Hoka Connor, I, I wish Hoka Connor had a drawn better. Like a, a, that would have really made that the most. It probably is the most intriguing race of the day. But had a Hoka Connor drawn the front with the other two, Merlin, Don't Stop Dreaming, then you'd be looking at it going, right, this is this is what we're here for. So hopefully Hoka Connor can get off at some stage. He'll be hoping that. Merlin and Don't Stop Dreaming both come out running. The big key for those two, Merlin and Don't Stop Dreaming, being Colts over 2.6, is if they really burn that first kind of 400 metres, Mark Purden and Zachary will be just hoping that they can drop the bit. Like if they burn out and they want to keep burning, then they could find themselves in trouble. One thing about Don't Stop Dreaming, as we saw in the junior free-for-all, he flew the gate from the outside hopping and skipping was able to lead and then he dropped the bit and just mooched along Merlin I think he would but the fact that they're both drawn the front row and both likely to go forward with Wag Star could be a bit of action early which might set it up for a Hoka Connor it's it's a bit of a head scratcher at the moment I, I know that there'd be plenty of differing opinions 
I don't think Merlin will get away with it. I think he'll lead early. But Wag Star could be the horse to make it a wee bit interesting if he was to, to fly out the gate. And he is a very progressive horse, Wagstar. Um, probably not spoken in the same light as those who, at the minute. I have no problems with that. But you never know. Give him another six months. You never know where a horse like Wagstar might be with these free-for-all races and these you know, cup races. And come you know, 12 months' time, you never know what we're talking about him because he is a very, very progressive horse. And that's, that's what I'm saying about, about the depth. You called Merlin last week, beating Don't Stop Dreaming. Do you look forward, do you, do you ever actually find yourself looking forward, like in halfway through that call or three quarters of the way through that call, do you say, oh, this is going to look good next week? Do you, do you find yourself thinking that? Uh, halfway up the straight, that's all I can think of. I thought, OK, this is this is <laughs> really set it up for the derby. If Don't Stop Dreaming had to come out and, and beat Merlin fair and square, you'd be hard-pressed to make a case for Merlin to be then going on and beating Don't Stop Dreaming. So the fact that he came out and, and beat him, and beat him fair and square, just makes it a whole lot more intriguing. Ahoka Connor come out on the weekend, beat some open-class paces. He's so raw, Ahoka Connor. He looks like he's having his first start every time he goes out. He's got the ears pricked, gawking around, looking all over the place. Look, they went 3-5, I think, in that race last year, or 3-6. Yeah. They don't go much quicker than that. Generally, when they go those times, though, the cream rises, doesn't it? So we're just hoping that Hoka Connor gets a bit of luck. Big horse to a Hoka Connor. So is Merlin. Merlin's grown. I mean, I, I was surprised when I saw him last mm. year as well in the, the development. Right. Three-year-old fillies. Um, I, it, it is not a one-horse race, but I think we need to celebrate one horse because 17 from 17, uh, what she's doing, win, lose, or draw any time, does, is not going to make any difference. I'm talking of Millwood Nike. Uh, you, you know, you're blessed. You've been you know, called her more than anyone in any of those races. I think she's won five on the North Island, maybe. Um, but um, just she's just there's something very, very special about this filly, isn't there? There is. I was I actually called her at Alexandra Park one night. Aaron White was was sick, I think, and she almost got nutted that night. Kalua flyby hit the lane, and she only just got there. Just an amazing horse, and much like Sunday Sun for me being in my youth it'll probably be later on in life where I'll look back and actually really appreciate how good they are because you know we call them then we move on to the next race and then we see them the next week call them move on to the next race so I've never actually had a chance to kind of look back on a Sunday Sun or a, a Millwood Nike and truly appreciate how good they are and what they do for the sport she's one out of the box uh, much like you can't put her in the same breath as Winks but in terms of the difference between her and the rest She's just put together different. Bigger heart, bigger lungs, bigger will to win than everyone else. Just put together differently. She's got so much spring in her legs, such a beautiful gait. She's aided by being trained by the goat, as I call him, Mark Purden, along with, with Nathan Purden. I think I learned a lot about her last week, and I probably should have learnt the couple of starts before when she just goes through that flat spot around the corner. It's kind of the 400 to the 200. She just doesn't take that bend that well, and she looks flat. And you think, and all I'm thinking to myself is, not tonight. I'm not. I don't want to be the guy who has to, you know, pop the shoot Bambi. Pop the 100% shoot Bambi is the great way to put it. I hope she wins. It, it is a horse race, though. It's they're at the end of a a long enough preparation some of these fillies who have had some hard runs and one thing I have noticed is that they will try and drive to beat her which is fair enough you have to because if you lead her away with it you know chance you think of a horse like Hardy by the seaside and I was actually watching Millwood Nike's replays the other day just to make sure I didn't repeat anything that anyone else had said about her in the past you take Millwood Nike out and Hardy by the seaside is 
in a mantra blue, you know, you'd be holding them in such high regard, but we kind of forget about how good they are because Millwood Nike is just in another stratosphere, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if you've seen her up in the flesh. She's um, she's nothing to look at. Yeah, she's very Every, your, All your descriptions of her there before are spot on. But if you were an Australian, like, unfortunately, Aussies haven't got to see her, but if you actually walk up and look at her, she's just a plain little bay filly, got, doesn't hold her head high, doesn't hold it low or nothing. She just, yeah. you could walk past her a hundred times. You would not know that it's her. But she's so captivating. Once she hits a racetrack, you just got to watch her. You just, I don't know, it's just something, I was fortunate enough last year, I think she'd only won five straight or something like that. And, and you know, saw a win here, I think it was Grand Prix Day, it was a, and Mark said, no, she won't be coming to Australia there's enough races for her here, we're just going to look after her and, and grow off there. And then I saw her um, on the North Island and then come back here and see her now. She really hasn't developed anything special or all the rest, but she still just has that wow factor when she's just out there on the track, like you said, springing the step, floating. That's a that's the best description, I reckon, because she does. She just seems to always be about this high off the ground. There's never never like her feet are touching the ground. Yeah, amazing stride length and, and, and that will to win as well. Yeah. to go with it, like she'll go through that flat spot Mark or Olivia in, in the past who's driven her will ask her to go and she just lifts, like who went on cup day not many horses do that <laughs> she's three wide from the outset they've burned to 28 first quarter she's still three wide has to come four wide at the 600 and to put them away as easy as what she did if you had given her the run underneath of those other two fillies she wins by half the length of the straight I do think Mantra Blue makes it a wee bit interesting Artie by the seaside can probably beat her if there was a few things against Millwood Nike, but Mantra Blue the other night was huge. To gallop out the gate, give them a head start and still fly home. She could be the, the one to shoot Bambi, as you say, yeah. Mantra Blue, because she's a very special filly in her own right. And the thing about her is that she hasn't been to the well as many times as what a Millwood Nike or Artie by the seaside has. So as much as I would love to see something get a bit of a slice of the pie, I think for the industry it's a good thing if she keeps winning. 18 in a row is just magical. And I think that I'd be hard-pressed in my career to find another horse like her, much like a Sunday Sun. I don't think I'll ever call it another Sunday Sun. So, yeah, I've been lucky to have both of them in the infancy of my career, but I'd be yeah, be hard-pressed to find another. No, you're spot on. And I, I tend to agree with you. It, in a way, it would be good for her to get beat. Um, to say that she is human um, and, the, and the rest. I'll be just before I go on to my next point, but just interested. Um, I don't think Zach's scared of her, um, and, and I think last week, or the be it that it says a D, uh, I reckon would have probably cemented his thoughts that he's not scared of her. Probably doesn't know how to beat her, but he's not. He, he probably thinks that he does have the horse underneath him that may be able to beat her. I reckon, well, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? You've got to go in with confidence that you can beat her. If, yep. if every other driver was going out there in the race and thinking, well, we're no show beating her, then it's not going to happen. You've got to... Zach will be manifesting that. Don't worry about that. He'll be sitting at home every day thinking, right, OK, how do I get this done? What needs to unfold? What do I need to do in the preparation? What does he need to do in the race to try and beat her? Because ultimately he is driving to beat Millwood Nike. He's, he's got most of the others beat, to be fair. That, that's not disrespecting the rest of the field. But there's one horse for him to beat and he's got to do everything in his, his, uh, his powers to try and do it. I don't think he can, but good luck trying. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, it is getting closer, I think, the other, other day. As an industry, I won't hold you much longer, but as an industry... Do we let ourselves down a little bit in the celebration of a filly um, like this? Like, you and I have just spoken there potentially about her getting beat or beating her. 
do we do we get it wrong a little bit? Should we just be singing the praises of what we actually do have? Do you think? I think so, but here in New Zealand, in some cases, there is an ounce of tall poppy that comes in, and it's probably the same over in Australia as well. That you know, if you are successful, then people will get a bit of a, a bit of a stitch on you. So there's there's probably a 50-50 split of people who would be happy to see a beat, and then a 50, the other 50 would you know be gutted to to see a beat. I don't really mind either way. It doesn't affect me too much. I think for the industry, as I said, it's a good thing that, that she does keep winning. But there are other people in the race that have got bills to pay as well, so you, you certainly wouldn't hold it against them if they were to, to be the ones to, to beat her. Now we're big on the punt. We're always about the punt, but I think this horse should be just celebrated. Don't worry about the punt. Just get the people there to watch what is what is, is a magic filly. I've had Australians turn around and say, oh, she's only beaten the Kiwis. You know, like I say to them that you know, she's the best best filly racing. I've got no doubt about that. The best filly, she's probably the best mare in Australasia racing, I believe. Um, that's you know, You've got a horse like in Cypher that won the Eureka. Um, unfortunately, this filly's not eligible. Well, that's, bring, bring, that's, bring and Cypher over. Bring them over. Yeah. Yeah, if the Aussies think that, that she's beatable, bring them over. Yeah. We'll take her over there, see how we get on. Yeah. I, I mean, she, she should be in a race like that. You know, mm. there's a two, this is a problem that we should be putting races on, on both sides of the ditch. Sure. It should be um, to get these clashes and, and, and have a bit of fun. And, and I, that, you know, that's my belief. And we've got to make the world, we've got to make Australia and New Zealand smaller. It's got to be Southern, you know, I think Southern Hemisphere area. Harness racing and just celebrate it. Um, one other highlight who I reckon you say about looking back about you know eight weeks ago and everything else like that. If I said to you, uh, are you excited about Oscar Bonavina? You would have given me a strange, strange look. What a revelation he's been this year. He won one race last season. This season, like he's just taken all before him, and he just looks like he's getting better and better. And there's nothing better than a trotter in full flight in the zone. Yeah. I, I spoke with Nathan Purden. Went out to his place to record a story kind of at the start of all their preparations and, and he said to me, he said, this horse is a totally different horse to what they'd been dealing with in the, the former preparations. He's been able to hold his form, whereas in the past they'd kind of be able to peak him, then they'd have to, with his niggles, they'd have to freshen him up, bring him back up again. So he'd sort of go one in every three or four races, mainly over the shorter courses he'd go good. Yep. But now he's shown he can stay, he's trotting as good as he ever has. The other day at Methven, he was, Mark Purden was just a passenger for the entire way. It is a shame that Muscle Mountain's not there. It's a shame Sunday's son had to be retired, but obviously, you know, things move on, and, and Bolt for Brilliant's obviously not going as well as what he can, but you can't take anything away from, from him. They've done a super job peaking him, being a, a cult as well, and I understand he's quite a laid-back, you know, very, um, very mature, kind of chilled-out sort of bloke. So, look, I hope that he goes out and does the job on, on Friday. But, again, you, you sort of don't want to, as a race caller, be just cheering for one horse. I don't want to be seen as being biased. Um, you know, if, say, a smoke and Bandar beats Oscar Bonavina, it's not going to be a call of... Could happen. Yeah, yeah but it's not, it's not going to be a call about Oscar Bonavina being beaten. No. It's more so about smoke and Bandar winning, and I think that I don't want to fall into that trap, say, if Mill with Nike gets beat focusing on the fact of if Mantra Blue were to win, being like, oh, this is all about Millwood Nike getting beaten. And as you say, we miss celebrating sometimes. We probably miss celebrating a horse winning, courtesy of something like Courage Under Fire. Yeah. Getting beaten, you know. The world's come to an end, yeah. but no one knows who beat him. No one remembers who beat him. It's just Amalekki's call of, yeah. or, as the world ended, or something. I can't remember exact words he said, but it was something along those lines. Yeah. So you got to celebrate it for sure, hundred yeah. percent. It's going to be a great day on on Sunday, and then it sort of switches for us. I guess we go from this intense kind of high 
high tensile racing moving into our Christmas circuit, which is just a totally, you can drop the shoulders, sit back and relax. Everyone gets together and, and chills out and it's a total contrast. But yeah, it's, it's been an enjoyable past couple of months, but a very intense couple of months for everyone, I think, as well. Do you call um, up north? Do you call the beach? The whatever? I can't remember. Um, Nelson and, and that, yep. do you go there? Yeah, I go to Nelson and Blenheim. We've got Dan Fogarty, who is our cadet here in Christchurch. He's going to do the West Coast Harness. George Simon was keen to come and do the West Coast Gallops, so he's going to come down and do Kamara, Greymouth and, and Reefton. And I'm going to go up to Nelson and Blenheim, perch up there and enjoy the sun. What about Central Otago? Do you do that? No, I don't do... I did it one year, many moons ago, and it was really enjoyable, but Craig Rail will be doing that. Oh. So he's got he's got the good gig down there. That's a great trip. I'm going. No, yeah, no, I don't... Yeah. Serious. You yeah. guys don't know what hot is. No, you don't know what hot is still. <laughs> You've been standing at Roxburgh, and it's nearly 35 degrees, but Roxburgh 35 degrees would feel like Melbourne 45 degrees. I'm telling you. <laughs> Matty, thank you. I look forward to it. Don't worry, I'm, I'm really excited about it. A lot of people. I, I think New Zealand harness racing, and yeah, I get bored out here to promote it, but I think it is going gangbusters. And I think the depth of horses. Uh, just onto the trot, as I say, about trying to get horses to clash with Millwood Nike. The trot slots next year, all of a sudden, are starting to get very, very mouth-watering. There's some chance Just Believe doesn't go overseas. Comes to it. Queen Alita's coming to it. Muscle Mountain now has been targeted for it. You would imagine Oscar's going for it. Like, what a race that's going to be in a good time slot, too. Um, you know, and give people plenty of build up to, to what could be a real mouth watering clash of, you know, both islands and some of the best trotters we got. For sure, yeah. I, I hope that they can all come together at their peak. That yeah. would be the, that'd be the good part, wouldn't it? Yeah, there'd be something else come along, I reckon. Like if a, a not as promised were to come out and yep. and deal to them in the derby on, on Sunday, he's still got, what, four months until until the slot race. So a horse like him or there might even be a, a horse over in Australia that we haven't even heard of yet that could come out and, and grow a leg over the next couple of months that could come over. So, yeah, there's a lot of intrigue. But, yeah, I think it's great what Cambridge have been able to do with, with both of those races. There is a couple. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Kerry, keep an eye on a few of the... Three-year-olds turning four-year-olds this year um, that, that are coming through, like a horse like Rockin' with Attitude, um, she's lovely fully. I don't think she'll come for it. Um, I don't think she's quite up to, to those horses. But drawing one around Cambridge, got good gate speed, she'll keep a lot of them outside of her for a long time. But RC Phoenix, there's a few others over there that are exceptional. Um, you're going to see Not As Promised this week as well. So they've already got the taste for travel. If he goes good, you'd imagine they'd be thinking about it as well. So I think it's exciting. I think it's great. It's great for harness racing. Mm, sure. And hopefully we can get a few more Aussies over here next year for, for Cup Week and we might be able to claim them as one of our own. Absolutely, Maddie. Thank you. We're going to do something else very, very different in a minute. But thank you very much, mate. Really love it. Love the passion. Love the way you call them. Love the fact that you get out here and do a bit of work with them as well. I think it's uh, really important. So thank you very much, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me.